0: And uh, it's almost like a lot of Christians have forgot this thing. This is our sword and our shield. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, I am not talking about forgetting uh, due diligence. uh, But ultimately, we should live by the word of the Lord. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by... But by... Come on, say it now. But by every word. And uh, if you're a social media addict... Or you have a smartphone, uh, you would get conflicting messages between the Bible and between this. How many know that? And, uh, but a lot of people listen to this more, come on now, than this. This pings you every often. Have you noticed anybody have all the news apps and all those things and it keeps ping, 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 ping? Uh, sometimes a good thing is to shut it off, you know. Let the Bible ping you. Let Jesus ping you with the word of the Lord. Can you say an amen? Some of you look like immigration. When I came back from, uh, you have that stern face. Oh, you would not make me happy today. With the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. I want to talk about casting off anxiety. Can you say it? Casting off anxiety. And when anxiety attacks, we live in a world that anxiety is on a rise. Can I hear an amen? And uh, there's a lot of uh, people, young and old, who struggle with being anxious. Now, if you've not struggled with anxiety, you may uh, easily fall in a trap to say, oh, come on, man, just get over it. Step up. Be a man. Be a woman. Step up and brush it off. But it's not so easy for some people who really genuinely struggle with anxiety. And uh, sometimes we don't appreciate what a person goes through until you have to deal with it yourself. Can I hear an amen? And it's easy to brush off things as, well, you Fearful, or you're this way, um, but anxiety in a certain level affects everybody. Some people live with it daily, uh, some people might be weekly, some people maybe once or twice a year. Uh, anxiety is there, but we've got to be able to cast off anxiety. Can I hear an amen? And the scripture helps us to deal with when anxiety attacks, when you feel overwhelmed. Has anybody in this room ever feel, felt overwhelmed? In your life, would you raise your hands? Or, or felt a bit anxious in your life, would you raise your hands? And, and you've got to balance that to what is causing you to feel this way. Now, I am not a doctor, although I got a, uh, I got a letter this week um, from a company, and it says, in it, Dr. Chip Kowalsing. And I thought, oh, they've recognized me finally. Now you've got to call me Dr. Chip. Doesn't that sound cool? Well, there was a fly fishing magazine, so there's no real... Uh, Strength in that and maybe a doctor of trout, <laughs> not, not anything else. But um, I am not a medical doctor nor a scientist. I am somebody who reads the word and have lived long enough on the planet to see a few things come and go and realize that the word of the Lord endures through everything. And we ought to be Christians who listens to the right thing. If you're listening to negativity, it would affect your spirit. It would affect your mind. Uh, Whatever you eat, as a man, you know, whatever you eat, that's who you are. You are what you eat. That's the same. Same thing, you are what you listen to. And, uh, you know, if you're always listening to uh, anxious stuff or fearful stuff or negative stuff, do you know it would make you that way? And that's why you've got to be able to direct your thoughts and direct what you listen to. Now... The Bible is very, very clear on scriptures and how we ought to deal with this. But I love Jesus and his stories and how he dealt with people who felt overwhelmed. The Gospel of Luke chapter 10. And as you notice, Luke is a doctor. And uh, Luke gives one of the best accounts of the gospel, because being a doctor uh, in that day, I don't know how the doctors work today, Jennifer, but the doctors back and then were known for being writing down historical facts and figures and sticking to everything as detailed as possible. And that's why in the synoptics, Gospels, as you study it, written in the ancient language of Greek, a lot of people put a lot of weight on Dr. Luke because Dr. Luke uh, writes from an angle where he's trying to paint the picture to everybody that that this is who Jesus was and this is who he is, and he's born to save the world. Can I hear an amen? And Luke chapter ten. And if you have your Bibles turned there, there's a couple of scriptures today that's not going to be on the screen. Because I want you to get used to bringing your Bibles and open it a little bit. Luke chapter 10, 38, 42. This part is on the screen. And this is when Jesus visited Martha and Mary. A lot of you would know this story. But sometimes it's good to revisit stuff that we know. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says it this way. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into their home. Look at the scripture now, verse 39. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening, somebody say listening, to what Jesus, is, what Jesus taught, or what he taught. But Martha was distracted. There is a world today that has become distracted. Even Christians have become distracted. Uh, sometimes, you, you know, you, we, we, we become distracted by the things around us, and we lost the one aspect of what really matters. Verse 40, Martha was distracted by the big dinner or the big occasion that she was preparing for. And it says it this way, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister. Anybody have siblings? Isn't it your siblings always get away with stuff that you never did? Would you raise your hands if your siblings, your siblings, now Kona, you're raising your hand and Sarata is raising her hand. So who gets away with it? Kona or Sarata? Kona is already, she does. You know the one who's pointing? Normally that's the one, you know. And it says it this way, that she was, she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here, just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. I mean, if anybody's going to fix your family problems, Jesus is. If anybody's going to be able to solve it, Jesus, tell her, Jesus, to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, or in the authorized version, it might say Martha, Martha. Because in the Hebrew times, in the times of Jesus, in Jewish times, Old Testament times, it's a sign of uh, adoration when somebody repeats your name twice. So you might see it says, Martha, Martha, or Abraham, Abraham. It's not because they're stuttering. It's a sign of, of, of endurement. And he says it this way, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. I want to ask you, what is consuming your mind? What is consuming your thoughts? What is it that has made you different to where you're supposed to be? Martha was worried about all these details and she was so consumed in verse 42. Jesus said to her, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Turn to your neighbor and say one thing. There is only one thing. And that word is still alive for today. There is only one thing we should be concerned about. Do you know church people could be concerned about things that has nothing to do with anything? Yeah. Do you know we could be concerned about things that can actually lead us astray? But Jesus is saying there is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it and will not be taken away from her. What was it? To sit at his feet. listen to him. In times of anxiety, in times of uncertainty, in the world that we live in, one thing matters, Christian, is your walk with Jesus. Your walk with Jesus is important. I find it very difficult for somebody who's been with Jesus and go back to how life used to be. It is impossible. Once you really encounter Jesus, you can never go back to being uh, somebody outside of the walk with the Lord. Once you've tasted of the goodness of God, sure, you can get distracted, but you can never walk away from the goodness of God because God has put a mark on you. Can I hear an amen? When you're in God's presence and when you walk with Jesus, it changes you. If you used to lie, you don't lie no more. Come on now. If you used to steal, you don't steal no more. If you used to gossip, you don't gossip no more. If you used to uh, get Bogged down by things you don't because Jesus has now brought you as the master. He's took rule over your life that he's hold on to you in such a way that the one thing that matters and more than anything else is sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. My wife wrote a song. Many of you would know it. And one of the verses says to sit at your feet. You know the song? And to worship you. That is what's really important. It staying at their feet. And having the word of the Lord right in your heart that you are able to experience God in a level, uh, in such a way that even people around you can't understand. See, Martha didn't understand. What was Mary? What Mary, Mary, what are you doing? Mary, we're cooking food. What are you doing? Sitting down, doing nothing. You know, when you are at God's feet, people will never understand you. I've learned that. Sometimes people could judge you and think you're not doing anything. Actually, I'm doing so much because I'm with my master. I'm with him. I'm sat at his feet and he's speaking. When Jesus speaks, you ought to listen. You don't just filter Jesus' word. People did that in the Old Testament. Uh, Sorry, in the New Testament. People did that in the time of Jesus. How do you know that? Because Jesus had to say, I tell you the truth. Now, if anybody who did not need to say, I tell you the truth... Was Jesus, wasn't it? Oh, come on now. Wasn't it Jesus? But Jesus often had to say, I tell you the truth. Why? Because people had this mindset and it's the Greek philosophy mindset that has uh, infiltrated our world and and infiltrated our church. That that sometimes uh, we don't believe what we hear. We need to see evidence. We are hard pushed on evidence. I want to see evidence. I want to judge and the jury. I want to see evidence of God. I want to see evidence that God is real. If your God is real, show me now. Anybody ever had conversations like that with people? If God is there, show me. Why don't he just wipe out the virus? Oh, come on now. And we have a world where We put more faith into believing that there is no God than actually faith in believing there is a God. And when you begin to walk with Jesus, sitting on his feet and not only listening. By the way, she was not only listening, but like James says, not only become hearers of the word, but you know it. To become what? Doers of the word. We've got to be people who are sitting at the feet of Jesus in this time. In this season, more so than ever, let us be more concerned with where we're sat and who we're listening to, but the more so than anything else in our life. 1 Peter 5, 7 to 10 says it this way Cast, somebody say, cast in. Casting all your anxiety on who? Him. Casting it on him. Why? Why? Because he cares for you. How many know Jesus cares for you? How many know God cares for you? How many know that God is on your side? You know, if God cares for you and the battle is the Lord's, you don't need to fight any battle. I've come to that, my resolution. God fights my battle. God is the one who goes before me. And God is not slow. He may seem slow, but God works things out in his own time. And when God is fighting your battles, you have the peace, the peace, somebody say peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that no, no matter what is going through right now, you know God is in control. I've wrote a thing, it's going to be, uh, Daryl's going to make it pretty, and he's going to send it out to you this, this week. But it's an article I wrote uh, uh, last night uh, when we were in uh, Suffolk, and it's called Peace in Pandemic. How we can find peace in pandemic? How many think you're looking forward to? Well, Daryl's going to take it from Trini English to English English, uh, because when I write, it has to go through these filters. Um, but it's peace in this world. It's peace. Jesus says, "Peace I give to you. Peace I give to you. In this world you will have trouble." John sixteen thirty three. But take heart. You know it. I have. There's an overcomer in you. There's a Christ in you. The hope of glory. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding. There is a joy. There is is a greatness of God. And you've got to remember that the ways of the world is very different to the ways of the Lord. The world, especially media, works on ratings. Do you know ratings? The amount of click they get Means that their ratings are higher than anybody else. And the higher the ratings, the more they can sell their advertising spaces. So what they want to do is to get you onto a hype to click, click, click. Because then when somebody's got to buy their advertising spaces. Come on, I know how this works. Then instead of paying 20,000 pounds, you got to pay 50,000 pounds per 30 seconds. Because we had the highest ratings there was during an epidemic. It's not just about news. It's about ratings. It's about that M word, money. Why do you think they want to be the first? Breaking news. You heard it first from this network. Well, we got to hear it first from the Lord. Amen. Let the Lord be our shield. Let the Lord be our God. Now, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. People are very good at that. But, but hear what I'm saying. Take due diligence and care. But ultimately, let God be your shield. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Let God be your source. Let the word of the Lord. You should be reading this more than anything else at this present time. It says it this way in verse 8. Be sober, be of sober spirit, and be alert. Your adversary, your adversary, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like he's not a lion, like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Come on, church. It goes on this way. But resist him. What do you do? Resist him. How do you resist him? It is written. It is written. Can I hear an amen? It is written. I will not. God has not given me a spirit of fear. It is written. I will not worry. God takes care of all of my needs. It is written. God holds my future in his hand. It is written. Come on church. But resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that all the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by the brethren who are are in the world. After you had suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. In some translation, it says this way, the God of all grace will settle you. Now, some of you would not know that, what it means to settle someone. If you have a child, you know what I mean. Any moms here? And moms have this way of holding a little baby and doing the mom jig. Anybody know the mom jig? (laughs) Sinead, have a look at this. It'll come in handy very soon. Tenji, you remember this, don't you? And you'll be doing it. Anybody know I'm talking about? Any moms? Some of you are laughing at me, but it's true moms, isn't it? Uh, you know, I don't have a no, nervous disposition. This is this is how they do. They do the mum jig like this, and and they could do it at two o'clock in the morning. Anyone, I'm talking with your with your child, two in the morning, four in the morning. The dads, I'm like this sleeping. If I, especially one of our boys, he was always, I'd be like this, thing crying over there. <laughs> and then you're settling the baby. The baby's not hungry. We're crying. What are you crying for? I was crying because I'm crying. Babies are strange, aren't they? They just cry. What are you crying? Have you got a temperature? Have you got a fever? Have you got this? You know, thank Jesus for Kalpol. <laughs> Any moms know what I'm talking about? Forget, you know, the Kalpol that takes away all of our... Kalpol <laughs> is like, when we back in the day, we were dealing in Kalpol. We had more cowpole than milk, cowpole was the go to man is it still cowpole the go to thing today It was the go to thing oh he 's crying, Just get the cowpole, get the cowpole, get the cowpole. Give him the cowpole strawberry cowpole, Clae cowpole, uh, blackberry cowpole, jaloof rice cowpole you have uh, Jerk, chicken, cowpole, whatever you could put into that child. You know, you've got to put, and, 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 and sometimes you could give them all of that and then it comes back. Well, I wouldn't go there. But, you know, and you give them all this thing, but, but they need a mum to sort of settle. Settle. And it's that settling for that, whatever that baby is crying for. And then the, the mom would just settle. And, you know, if you record them sounds and listen to the next day, I think you're crazy. You know, and then they put the baby down. Yeah, sort of. Anybody I'm talking about? And you walk backwards. And you leave the window open, and then you go and you lie down. Oh, the baby settles. And just as about you're about to, just as you're about to fall into, oh well, just as a baby needs settling, sometimes we need settling. And you know how we get settled. And in the Greek, the Greek scriptures, uh, I was reading. Uh, read it in the Greek the Greek scriptures when it says and God of all grace will settle you it's the same picture as a mother settling a baby that God will settle you he would hold you he would hold you in the palm of of his hands and he would settle you he would he would walk you back and forth he would settle you some, some kids they, they prefer to be in the back seat of a car and then they would fall asleep anybody had kids like that uh, but, but Jesus would would hold you and he would settle you because we live in a world today that is unsettled There are believers that are unsettled. There are lives that are unsettled. But the one person that is able to settle us is God. God through his word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was... It's a settlement of knowing who God is. It's that peace that God has everything in control. By the way, when this scripture was written in 1 Peter 5... It was during the time that the Christians were being persecuted, hunted down and killed under Nero. So when he said, although you suffer for a little while, it wasn't like they were suffering because they had a fever or a temperature. They were suffering because they were being drugged out of their horns, beaten, beheaded, killed for being a believer. And Peter is right in here. He said, although you suffered for a while, know that God will settle you. Imagine living in a day when somebody could burst through these doors right now and drag us out into the road and kill us for worshiping God. That's what they were going through. That's the epidemic they were facing. And Peter was saying, although you're suffering for a little while, God's grace is going to come and he's going to settle you. And you realize this, that those guys went through some real stuff. Those guys went through some real things that that they were able to be settled in the grace of God. George Mueller, the 19th century evangelist, came out of Bristol, England, was known as a man of great faith and prayer. And he said it this way, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Let me read it again. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Let faith arise in you. How do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of the Lord. Listen, you want to get more faith in God? You want to be able to read the word. Know the word. Meditate on the word. Let the word be in you. Let the word work through you. Begin to read scripture. Quote scripture. Let the the house hear you reading scripture. Don't let them just hear the TV playing. Let them hear scripture being read. Let the word of the Lord come across in your homes. It's okay to bring them to church, but your home should look like church. You want your kids to walk with God? Don't say, do what Pastor Chip says. Let them see you doing it. Let them see you praying. Let them see you reading the word. Sit down together with them and read the word. While well, they don't understand it. You help them to understand. They don't get it. You help them to get it. When I had to sit down to feed our kids. Uh, you know, when, when you're when you, going back to the baby analogy like this is in the scripture. When you, when you have a little child and they're, they're in that thought, that small small infancy stage, between six to eight months, and they, they can't take solid food yet, so they're used to milk. And then you start to sort of slowly try to introduce solid food. They don't just go from milk to chicken. Well, if you're in Trinidad, maybe, but the rest of the world, you don't just go from milk to chicken. You have to go to Farley's Rusk. Anybody remember Rusk? Are they still around? Are these things still around? Corey, why are you saying yes? you have no idea? Have you been secretly stocking up on Rusk? <laughs> do you want Corey? Do you want to tell us something that we would? No, okay, all right, okay. So, so if we you would have the folly's rusk. Anybody remember doing this? And you would pour the milk over it, and you would squish it down. Is that right, Angie? And you squish it, and you make it soft, and then you put it in a spoon, and you go Um, num num num. <laughs> Anybody ever did this? Num 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 num. I mean, if you recorded you as a parent to your child. Zolani, this is what your mom did to you. Nom, 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 nom. Did you do it, Enji? Nom, nom. And it worked. Look how tall he is. He ate a lot of rusk. Nom, 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 nom. And, and you put it in. And they go. Pfft. As you put in a spoon. Pfft. Anybody I'm talking about? And you, you, you heap it back. Put it back at Put it back at And then. Pfft. Then they, a little bit goes in. A little bit goes in. Then a little bit more goes in. Then you try to get some carrots. And uh, sweet potato, not sweet potato, something else. Uh, you mash it up soft and you mix it in and then you try and, and it's that sort of like baby steps to get into solid food. And, and eventually they go from that to eating chicken nuggets. <laughs> it's a great transition of mankind from Farley's rust to chicken nuggets, isn't it? <laughs> And and you, you train them to, to use. And as they begin to eat more, and they begin to drink uh, less milk and eat more food, then they begin to grow. They begin to put on weight. They begin to grow and get stronger. Then they go from the sort of the creeping, creeping to then being able to stand. And the more that they want to be able to stand and walk, then they have to eat more food to strengthen their bones. Anybody I'm talking about? And then they have their motor skills. Not at the door do to the DMV. This is the skills on like picking up stuff and putting them out. Because, you know, kids are, kids are weird. I remember, you know, uh, when Brandon was learning to eat food. I mean, now he still learns to eat food. And, and uh, as he's learning to eat food, he loved tuna. He loved tuna. Love tuna. And that was really good. So much so that he used to take a handful of tuna, put it on his nappies, put it in his hair. One time I left him. You remember this? I left him and I came back and he had slicked back. He had thick, black, curly hair. He had slicked it all the way back with tuna tuna and mayo. All the way down. And he was sitting there smiling. He was going like this. I was like, what is this demon-possessed child? The man smelled like a trout for a month. And they've said eating stuff and and what happens is it makes them strong and grow. So it is in the Christian faith. You don't have to necessarily understand the word. I didn't have to teach him what a tuner is, what a sweet is, what a folly's rusk are. You just gotta consume the word. And the more of the word you get in you, you begin to grow and get stronger. And sometimes you forget it. I right? sometimes forget the word. But the Holy Spirit reminds you of the word. He brings to remembrance and moments of prayer. In moments of need. The word of the Lord. That you are able to move. From the level of anxiety. To living in God's word. It has also been said that worry. Is unbelief in disguise. Now. Number one. Write this down. Worry drains our strength. And clouds our judgment. If you live with worry. In your life. You would notice. It is tiring. It drains you. Not only would worry drain you, it will cloud your judgment. Have you ever noticed how worry and anxiety drain your strength? You may lay at wake all night with burden and concern. Instead, when worry begins to fill your mind, place this trouble in God's capable hands. There was this little boy back in the '50s in good old USA, and uh, he went to the hardware store. The hound dog is outside, you know? The guy playing the banjo was outside with a hound dog. And he walked in with his overalls and his straw hat like Huckberry Finn. Walked in with his mama. And they went to buy something from the hardware store. And on the counter is a massive jar of jelly beans. Little boy Isa. Wow. A bit like how Harley would be if he sees a massive thing of jelly beans. Wow. And the shopkeeper looked and said, okay, son, go and have some. step back, okay son, you can have some jelly beans, go on, take some, and he's still looking at it, he wouldn't, he wouldn't touch it, don't worry, there wasn't a pandemic then, he just didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't touch it, and the shopkeeper says, son, go ahead now, you can take some, And the mama says, "What? Well, go on, get some for yourself, And then the shopkeeper, frustrated, shoves his hands in, picks it up and dumps it all. He takes two hands and fills it up. And then they're walking. He's smiling, eating. And his son, mama said to him, why didn't you put your hand in the jar and take it? His hands are bigger than mine. He's a smart little boy. You know, God's hands is bigger than yours. God is able to carry things that you can't. God is able to deal with worry and stress that you can't deal with. God is able to get out more blessing that you can ever get out by our own efforts and strength. Sometimes we've got to rely, rely less on our own ability and more on God's ability to do the impossible. Let God open the door. If you're striving for something, it may not be God in it. It may just be you. And God will let you do it just to show you next time, let me get you the job at Jelly Beans. Sometimes we got to understand this. That worry drains our strength. The Lord will tend to your concerns by either meeting with you or giving you something better. God's sovereignty means our prayers can be answered far beyond even what we ask or imagine. You ever prayed for something and God gave you something else and then there's something else little on years, ears you realize you're glad you didn't get the thing you prayed for because the thing you prayed for would have just melted you it wasn't the right time. God gave you something else that sets you up for a better thing. Don't despise the wisdom of God. Let God be God. Ephesians 3.20 says it this way Now all glory to God Can you say amen? Who is able Through his mighty power at work within us. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God is able to do it. God is able to give you the mind that you need to accomplish your task at work. God is able to help you through your university. God is able to help you through your degree in life. God is able to help you in your workplace. You may feel like life is going on and you may not be able to achieve it. God is still the God of the impossible. God is still the God of the tomorrows. God could take somebody that in this world. Who has no natural hope or future. But that person in God's eyes qualify for a miracle. You are a miracle of God waiting to happen. Can I hear an amen? You've got to trust more in God and less in self. Let God work through you. Let God use you. He can do infinitely more than we can ask or think. Don't aim short. Oh, no, aim high that God will do it. Aim high that God is able to help you through everything. I'm convinced that sometimes when I look back in life now in my age and some of the exams I passed, I didn't know how I passed them. I did study, but I was a sort of kid that I studied, but it didn't stick. Anybody had that issue? Only two of you. The rest of you were brilliant. Anybody had that issue? You can read it, read it, and it just never stick, never stuck, Jen. It wasn't like, you know, you have a sponge. I had a brick. You know, it just, just rolled off and, and I would read the same books, well, not the same books as you did, but I, I, I would read it and, and, and try to get it. Anybody? I mean, I, I just never got maths. I mean, I got the basics, like 1 plus 1 is? 2 plus 2 is? It's getting a bit difficult now. 4 plus 4 is? Now, I can get those things. If you have 10 pounds and you pay 2 pounds for it, how much is your change? You're making Nick really worried now. Nick is thinking, forget doing apologetics. We need to do a maths class. <laughs> you spent 20 pounds on Nando's. Sinead. And you had to do your maths. You gave them the money, you get the change. Can, I can do those things. But then they start adding numbers and letters. And that's where me and maths decided to pathways. Any, and No, is it only me that was that dumb, anybody else that? Uh, I mean, how would one, if one is equal to X, one is X? When did one become X? Anybody, anybody How did one become X? I, I didn't know one was X, I always heard one was one. Now one is X and two is B. If B equals Y, where did B and Y come from? No, no, you were laughing. I struggled with that thing. I was like, oh my Lord, I can't understand this. I I don't get Alge... Alge-Zara, Algebra. I don't get the A minus B equal 2Y squared over pi. Pi! Who brought food into this thing? Anybody else was like me? I, I just I just wasn't clever as a kid. I just wasn't clever. I just could just could and I tried. I am not making excuses. I tried. I sat down with teachers in Trinidad which they're different and they, and do this and then they'll get vexed. Hmm, just do the thing. But I'm trying so you just stupid. That's what my teacher you not the Trinidad, don't say stupid stupid. You might as well stay home and plant garden. Plant peas and <laughs> melanogen and stand by the road and sell. Okay, this is what they, because my brain couldn't absorb it. And I felt like maybe I'll never achieve anything in life. Walking around with two different slippers on. Not because I was cool, it's because we couldn't, we, the, the one of them we lost, or dog had eaten it, or it had worn out, and I had the rubber flip flops, you know, the one. They were cheap plastic. I mean, you could break your neck in these things, but we had them, and, and, and they had a little tab I told you about at the end, and eventually they wear out, so you get a nail and push it through it. I know none of you know anything about it, because you're all rich people, and you put it in there, and you know, and, and then if your mom and dad somehow got some money, they'll take you to the store called Bata. Anybody remember Bata? It's, I remember my uncle saying, hey, Batter is good, man, it's the shoes that Batman wear. Really? And, and, and the stupid thing about this batter shoes, I tried to destroy the thing. They were indestructible. <laughs> you know what? Make planes out of butter. I mean, these shoes, they would buy them. And, and because we, we, everybody would make fun of what a batter. When you go home, Google butter, and you would see what it is. And everybody would make fun of you if you walk the school with a batter. And I would take a pen, a, 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 a pen, a pencil, and try to write Nike. Dean, you remember? Nike, with a tick. <laughs> and, and we grew up this way, and you grew up feeling always inferior to everybody else. All the cool, skid, cool kids would come in with their big shoes. You know, they have their big shoes and their tongue stick. Back in the day, they wear the tongue out. It was big. They were like shin pads. Anybody remember? Carl, you don't know nothing about this. Ask your mama. They, they pull the tongue out. You want to show, because you buy the shoes, you got to show the tongue, KJ. You show the tongue and you have it there. And you're walking around and you walk where people can see the shoes. You know, don't care about anything else. The shoes, that really matters. And 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 and, and we never had none of those things. I used to want that and my father said, no, 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 no. I, we don't have that kind of money. That is money we don't have. We have to pay rent and feed you guys's. So you're not going to do that. And I would say, but I'll go hungry for a month just to have the shoes. Even if you go hungry for a month, you ain't buying that shoes, brethren. (laughs) And so so we went around with these things. And I grew up as a kid, growing into my teenage years. And I always somehow sort of learned to settle for second in life. And always sort of be the, the bottom of the pile. But then God saved me. Then God come into my life. And I realized this, that I'm a child of God. And God has created me. And God takes a nobody and makes them a somebody. God takes an outcast. And you might have gone through life feeling like you're a nobody. You're an outcast. You're going to go nowhere. You are a candidate for God to use you. As well as those who studied well and they had the brains to do everything well. God does not discriminate in how he uses. We're all a candidate of God. And sometimes I gotta pinch myself. I'm in places and I'm in a company of people, and I gotta pinch myself because I often remember what I used to be like. Anybody remember? And then you realize, but for the goodness of God, thank you, God. That's why today, if I could afford something nice, I buy it. I not shame. Oh, you know, you shouldn't buy things. Why? I went through with my toes hanging out bottom of one of my shoes. We used to read the newspaper and then fold it and stuff it in the shoes. So when it rained, none of you know anything about that. So when they rain, you know, when somebody bend down to pray, you can read the cricket score from under the news because of the hole in their shoes. So if I can afford a pair of shoes that is real leather, not pleather, real leather that was made, I will buy it to give glory to the Lord. Look where God has brought me from and nobody into a somebody. If that upsets you, I'm sorry. But for me, it shows me where God has brought me from. Don't I want not to give good gifts to my children? Wouldn't God not give good gifts to those who ask upon him? If you ask for, uh, for, for fish, would he give you a snake? Hope not. God wants to give us good things. We ought not to worry anymore. Philippians 4, 6-9 says, Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But, somebody say but. But in everything by prayer and supplication. There are the keys. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to whom? God. God supplies. God opens doors. And when you do that. Verse 7 says. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Will. But and will. Guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally brethren. Look at what he says. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these. Let there be your thought pattern. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do and God's peace will be with you. It ties into Matthew 6, where God says, don't worry about anything. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow, what you would eat or what you drink. Don't worry. Are you going to have enough toilet paper left? <laughs> Isn't it madness? Absolute madness. My wife and I yesterday came back from Norfolk. We pulled in the Sainsbury's to get... Um, just something to eat because we had a conference all day. I was preaching, she was leading worship, and it's it's you know meeting with pastors is hard work. And so we're there, we're coming back, so we walk in, and and so we walk in to get what we want. And I and I am still like don't care, Joe. You know, I walk in and buy what I want, and uh, so I walk in. And I said, oh um, all right, what do we need? So I said, just see if there's any any toilet rolls, anything like that. So I walk down there, it's like dry bones. <laughs> it's empty. It looks like. A thief had broken into Sainsbury's and only stole toilet rolls. That's all he stole. He gathered all the toilet rolls, left all the chicken and the beef. He's obviously a vegan. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Left all the tin foods. Left all the canned foods. And just nicked I'll along from that door to this door oh, let all at all the rose and ran out of store <laughs> Let the peace of God God knows what we need God is our supplier God is our source I love it Matthew 55 I'm sorry Psalms 55:22 I love it Cast your burdens What does it say Cast your burdens on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. God will supply. God will supply. Oh, I wish I had more amens. God will supply. Don't worry about tomorrow. The world can worry. They can go over it. They can do this. Let God be your source. Let God be your strength certain things we have to do because by law because of the college we, 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 we rent we have to go abide by their rules but we know God is the supreme yes. come on church Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30 Jesus said come to me come to me come remember he wants to he wants to rock you he wants to to, to make you still come to me all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest Look at what he says. Take my yoke upon you. Learn, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you would find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. Sometimes Christians say, sometimes Christians we think, God, take away all my burdens. God don't take away all your burdens. He didn't do it for Paul. He left a thorn in Paul's side, so Paul could depend on him. Sometimes God leaves us in a place of need, because he knows that if he takes away everything, we'd walk away from him. Come on. Do you know people could get blessed out of church? You know, my wife would tell you this. My wife and I know this for a fact. 18 years of pastoring. 18 years. We both grew up as pastor's kids. Both didn't want to do anything pastoral, we end up doing this because God called us, we didn't choose to do this, God chose us and so, so both of us had this background and, and I've seen so many Christians we've seen who, who come into church broken with nothing, didn't have a job, didn't have nothing, God was able to turn their life around, open doors for them, get them a job, get them a place and then all of a sudden it became more about chasing a career, less of God and eventually all down today, where we started and where there are is two different places, the, the world had swept them away and took them away by chasing in a career or a university choice or something and it led them away from God and then later on in life we realize where have they gone Jesus said what is the profit of man to gain the whole world and to lose his what soul what profit is there nothing Jeremiah twenty nine twelve 12 says this then you would call upon me and go and pray to me and I would listen to you how many of you know God listens to you? You ever talking to somebody and you know they're not listening? Why is all the wives going, yes, yes, yes? Kids today, they always have them thing pushing their ears. Have you noticed what I'm talking about? Anybody? Any moms out there? Dads? They always have them things pushing their ears. Like this, these white straws. Sticking out their ears. They're walking around. It's like they, it's like they need to charge their brain, so they have this thing pushed in. Anybody I'm talking about? They always, everybody's going, you know. And 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 he's saying, hey, hey, make sure, make sure, When really you go up, turn on the lights. <laughs> you go through the same as me, don't you? Yes. Corner. We have a chat after. Stop pointing at Sarata. She's the innocent one. Turn on the lights. One of my sons. Crispin, not even a year, or oh, yes, Dad. Thumbs up. You know, if you did that to my father in Trinidad, that would be the last time you see that thumb. You would be the boy who had nine fingers. Like this. Have you turned And you know they're not listening. And it drives me crazy. you got the stupid thing plugged into the phone and then you ring the phone. They never answer. (laughs) Don't let me go there. Don't let me go there. When you call to God, he always answers. He always hears. Marian Anderson, a great musician, says it this way. Prayer begins where human capacity ends. Prayer begins where human capacity ends. And I love this scripture and I want to sort of bring it to a close now, but it's, Out of Psalms, and I want to read it from the Amplified Version. Amplified Version just lands on certain words and pops it for us to just absorb it a bit better. And Psalms 37, 79 says it this way, Be still, church. Be still and rest in the Lord. Wait for him. And patiently lean yourself upon him. Fret not yourself Because of him who prospers in his way. Because of the one man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. When I say it twice, it's trying to make a point. It tends only to evil do it. What I say in fret not is don't try to fight your battles. Don't go around trying to fight your battles. If it's genuine, the Lord will make it right. Verse 9. For evil doers shall be cut off. But those. Somebody say but those. But those who wait and hope and look. Underline the words in your Bible. Those who wait and hope and look. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait, those who hope, my hope is in the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Those who wait, those who hope, and those who look. I look to the Lord. Whence cometh my strength? My strength comes from the Lord. Can I hear an amen? For those who wait those who hope and those who look for the Lord in the end shall inherit the earth. Our focal point is not anxiety. Our focal point is not conflicting messages. Our focal point is not a cloud our mind. Our focal point is going back to that story where Mary took the best decision and she sat at the feet of Jesus and whatever he said, she listened to. Martha was running around. Good intentions. But good intentions does not make it right. Running around, trying to do everything else. And got frustrated. And Jesus said to her, you chose the wrong thing. Your sister got it right. She sat at my feet. She listened. I'll give you these five things and we'll close with this. Five things to adhere to today. Five things. Number one. Stick to the word. Come on, write it down. Stick to the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Stick to the word. Become a person of prayer. Become a person of prayer. Philippians says it this way, Philippians 4, as I said it earlier, but in everything in prayer and supplication, prayer and supplication, make your petition, make your request be known to God. Stick to the word, stick to prayer. Become a worshiper, number three. Become a worshiper, when, when my wife was leading worship today and the worship band was here and they were playing and the, the guitarist and the drummer and, and, and we were in, in, in prayer. You know, God is here in worship. The Bible says where two or three is gathered. He is in the midst. And the moment we begin to lift Jesus' name on high. The Bible says he draw all men onto him. As we begin to play. And the keyboards begin to play. And the drums and the guitars begin to play. God smells that sweet aroma. And he comes down in our midst. And he inhabits the praises of his people. Not only his word and prayer. But worship is important. Worship. Worship God in your car. Worship God in your home. Worship God in your mind. If you if you can't sleep at night, put on a worship CD. We've got worship songs you can download, listen to. Let worship infiltrate your mind. Worship the Lord. The fourth one is stick to church. Stick to church. There will be some people who are not here today for, well, I know a few would have uh, different things going on or genuine reasons. But there will be some in our church who are Fearful. They're fearful. Some people, they're afraid. They're afraid to travel out. And, and it's not like, oh, come on, get over it. It's a genuine anxiety. And you've got to help them. Send them the word. Say, you know what? Come to church. Listen to God's word. Let God's word amplify in your spirit. Let God's word come into your... Come to church. Don't forsake the gathering. The Bible says... Oh, well, I, I don't want to come to church. And I, and I notice this as I talk to pastors. There's so so many churches around the world, they're afraid. They, they don't know what to do. This is what God created you for. God has not given you a spirit of fear. We got to believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. The last one, not only is the word prayer and worship and church. The last one is let the Holy Spirit be in you. Jesus said, I must go so the comforter might come. I might go, so the comforter might come on Tuesday. You would get a document. I've written another. On the, how many got the prayer and fasting things we did? The prayer and fasting production uh, publication. I've just written two. That we should have had them this week, but I think they're coming out tomorrow. Um, and it's one is on the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, the ruach. Say that word, ruach. It's Hebrew, ruach. And when you say ruach, you have to breathe out. And ruach means breath. And it's the Holy Spirit that when, you, when the Holy Spirit comes, it's a rock, it's the breath of God that comes in and fills our life. It's the Holy Spirit that comes in and equips us and helps us and makes us better and stronger. That when we begin to worship God and we begin to pray and we begin to call upon Him, it's the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who comes and He guides you and He brings all peace in our life. I thank God for the Holy Spirit in me. I thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Helps me to overcome. Even when I don't know what I pray, or what to pray. I begin to speak in tongues. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they begin to call out. And what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to revive you. And it begins to, to move you into your spirit. And it begins to become a, an awakening of God in you. We need more of the Ruach. The breath of God in our lives. That the Holy Spirit does help us out of anxiety into peace. Would you stand? I want to pray for you today. How many are appreciative of God's word today to you? How many think, God, do this in me. Let the breath of God. I'm going to cast off anxiety. When anxiety attacks, I'm going to let God be my source. You know, God did not speak this word to me just as something to say. But I believe he spoke this word because he wants to do something. He wants to bring that breath of God in you. Martha chose the wrong thing. She got distracted. Mary chose right. She sat at his feet. And you may argue, come on. But she wasn't doing the food and the preparation. Sometimes we could be so concerned about earthly things. More so than spiritual things. And I see it with believers. No matter how long they've been on the earth or they call themselves a believer, we still get distracted by earthly things. God wants us to be distracted by heavenly things. You know, one day... The Bible says every knee will bow. Church, one day, every tongue will confess. One day, all of us will be in eternity. All of us. Virus or no virus, one of us is going to, All day, we're all going to be in eternity. Do you hear what I'm saying? Eternity is real. How many of you know eternity is real? Will you raise your hand? Eternity is real. And, 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 and whether, whether, whether you think so or not, one day, all of us are going to be before the Lord. All of us. And it's that peace, that knowing God has my future in his hands. Again, I'm not talking about don't take due diligence and be careful. I'm not talking about that. But ultimately, God has control over my life. My life is in his hands. His hands are bigger than mine. Every head bow, very very close. Maybe your person that you struggle sometimes with anxiety. You struggle with anxious thoughts or feeling overwhelmed. Sometimes you find that sometimes it gets a grip on you and you, you find yourself doing things and you know you shouldn't, but you find yourself where anxiousness consumes you. God wants to give you peace and rest. He wants to cleanse your mind, cleanse your heart. He wants to hold you like that baby that you be still. Every eye head bow, every eye closed, but you, just where you are, I'm not going to bring you down here, because for some people, this is a quite a personal thing. But you struggle with anxious moments or anxiety of some level, and you want a touch of God over you. Would you raise your hands? Would you raise your hands? Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every hand that is raised right now in Jesus' name. All across this room, you are able to bring peace that surpasses our understanding. You are able to come and give us the ability to cast off anxious moments. The ability to, when anxiety attacks, we lean on your word. When fear comes in, we step up in faith. Father, I pray for every hand that is raised towards you right now. That the peace of God, come on church, help me. That the peace of God would rest upon our brothers and our sisters here. And those who are listening online would rest upon them. Lord, that anxiety would not take a hold of them. Lord, that they would realize that you are their creator. You are their maker, Father. Lord, Lord, that you are able to touch their mind touch their body you're able to breathe the ruach the breath of God over them that the spirit of the Lord will consume them in such a way that they would be able to rise in peace oh God. Father I pray for those who struggle to find rest at night. Those who are living in such an anxious moment that they Find themselves not able to sleep and get rest. I pray the spirit of the Lord. Come on church. That will be able to bring rest. Lord that they would have true rest in you oh God. Lord that their minds would be transformed. That their bodies would be touched by the Holy Spirit today. Father. Father we come against that spirit of fear. The spirit of worry. Lord we come against every negative report. We believe the report of the Lord. Father we believe the word of the Lord. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now that you would touch them, touch their body, touch their mind, touch their spirit today. Lord, we look forward to the testimonies of you removing anxious thoughts, anxious moments from people's lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Would you slip your hands down? And I believe that when we pray, God is able to do that. God has begun that work. It will come knocking at your door. But now you have the tools. You've got the equipment. You've written down some stuff. You're able to then take scripture. Go to the bookshop and ask for the battle of the mind prayer cards. And, and uh, the one that Tate read from. And pull out the one on fear. The one on anxiety. Get them in you. And, and surround yourself with the word. Surround yourself with the word. And let it be a compass to help you to battle through this anxiety. Sometimes you've got to go to the gym of life and battle through it. And realize this. That I will not let this thing grab a hold of me.